Let's continue now or jump into uh, our, our series um, on Advent. And so this week would be the third week of Advent. Uh, if we were lighting uh, the candles, we would light the third candle, which is often re- referred to as the shepherd's candle or the joy candle. And so because of this morning that we'll be spending our time uh, kind of talking through joy in the midst of the Advent season, uh, I, I want us to maybe begin to share a little bit of stories. Uh, Scott already kind of mixed it up this morning, so you guys should all know each other. I, I'm sure you guys go way back, um, at least back to 919 when we started our service. Um, but I want to invite you for the next three minutes, as we're talking about joy, as we're talking about gladness, as we're talking about happiness, share a story with the person next to you of the last time the most recent time, or maybe just the greatest time you've ever experienced joy, happiness, gladness during the holiday season, or just any time of your life. Share, share a quick story where you've experienced joy, happiness, gladness, uh, and go ahead and share that. And there should be a timer coming up, right? Let's see if this works now. Oh, I was way behind. Introverted. Am I on? 
All right, you guys, let's start to wind down. To the introverts of the room, I'm sorry. I feel your pain, but I promise this will make sense, a little bit of sense in the next few minutes. Uh, so as, as we begin to and talk about joy in the midst of this Advent season, I just want to give you a glimpse um, into the life of the Fiero home for the last two weeks. Uh, so we have Thanksgiving. And then shortly after Thanksgiving, uh, one of my kids gets sick. And this is like what's going around, right? I'm sure you are. I hear some coughs in the room. Uh, I see some people patting their foreheads. Maybe there's some fevers in the room. You should have stayed home. Uh, <laughs> but my first kid gets it. Uh, and then we hear over the phone that a family member, a close family member in another state is injured pretty severely. Uh, and so there's immediately um, anxiety brought on by the sickness and the injury uh, that, that's happening in our home and around us, uh, followed by child number two getting the exact, exact same sickness. Throw in the mix of that, uh, I have a four-month-old black lab puppy who has learned to jump on the counter and eat directly off the stove whenever he wants. Um, <laughs> I have not told my wife this. She's not here today, but if she's watching online, uh, I bought pizza for my kids a few weeks ago, and he ate one of the entire pizzas before I noticed and caught him. Um, in the midst of all of that, my wife gets sick because she's caring, she's caring for my kids, uh, followed by me getting sick, um, and then child number three getting sick, which means a little bit more anxiety, a lot more frustration, a lot more anger, helplessness, uh, self-pity in the midst of all of that. Um, following the first kid that was sick the first time right after Thanksgiving, somehow managed to get it again, but just a little bit different this time. Um, throw in the mix of that, not only do we have a puppy, but we also have an aging dog that's at the age where he's losing control of his movements, which means there's just lots of messes to clean up as he um, walks around the house. And of my four kids, the last kid that we thought would make it through this, we had hope in him that it, he, would, he would clear this sickness, finally gets sick. In the midst of that, we're trying to discern whether or not the kids are healthy enough to make it to basketball practices, to make it to basketball games, are the kids healthy enough to go to school? Which of us are going to drop them off? Uh, we're managing two work Christmas parties. We're managing two schedules. A lot more frustration. A wonderful Willy Wonka performance uh, by one of my kids at the, their school down the street. And the same puppy that learned to jump up on the counter and eat off the stove has now learned to get out of the gate and roam the neighborhood whenever he wants. Followed by me, out of nowhere, catching a new virus where it lays me out with the stomach flu for the last three days leading up until today. And the icing on the cake, friends, in all of this is that this morning, as I was reviewing my notes to share with you guys, my youngest son walks out of his bedroom, followed by my wife, and walks up to me and says, Dad, my stomach hurts, and proceeds to throw up in my hands with my laptop. So, that's only the things that are happening in my family. Like Darren has mentioned in previous weeks, that, that, that also includes just all of the brokenness and the sin that we see happening in the world around us, right? War, 
sickness, obviously, injustice, poverty, and so on. I think you get the point. You understand what I'm talking about. That if this is the season of holiday cheer, where is there joy to be had? Did my Starbucks red cup let me down? Should I have started listening to Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas before Thanksgiving? Did I not get the loved one the right gift? Did I not take advantage of the right sale? I don't know, whatever it is, because finding joy in the midst of this season is pretty darn hard. And I think you know what I mean. And in recognition of the absence of joy, oftentimes what we do is we like to take things into our own hands because we're, we're a scrappy group of people. Uh, and we, we like to do whatever we can to, to make joy happen. So we begin to essentially self-medicate whether that be through endless scrolling, therapeutic shopping, poor eating, all of those things which are incredibly easy to do during the holiday season, we become like the character Joy in Pixar's uh, Inside Out, doing anything we can to frantically preserve the moments we once experienced knowing or not knowing if we'll ever get to have them again. You see, friends, I think this is where we get things a little mixed up. Because I think oftentimes what we do is we confuse the happiness and the gladness that are rooted in temporal things. And we confuse it with the joy that can only be found in Jesus. Well, then the next question should be, how then can we find joy in Jesus? That's primarily what we're going to be talking about this morning. Now, if I was down there with you, when I asked you to share, I would have shared this story. Of the top six greatest, um, of the, the, the six greatest things that bring me the most happiness, obviously, my wife, my four kids, coming in close at number six would be, I was going to call it Big Death Mountain, because that's what me and my kids call it to joke around, but... I was going to say, it's, it's Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland. Now, if you know me, I, I'm, I'm a pretty consistent five. Like, I, I don't tend to range that far off in incredibly, uh, incredibly happy or joyous or incredibly low and depressed. I, I, I tend to stay around the middle. But there is something about getting on Big Thunder Mountain that brings me to an immediate 11. I'm going to say 13. Standing in line, I, I start to get jittery. I start to get excited. I start to tell my kids random facts that I've picked up and learned over the years about, about the ride, about Big Thunder Mountain. And then literally when I get on the ride, my, my knees and my legs start to shake because I am so excited for what I am about to experience. And the moment I hear the clicking of the roller coaster pulling me up the mountain, I lose it and I become a different person. I, I'm honest, I, I'm being completely honest with you guys. And I, I don't know if it's the, the little turtle, I don't know if it's the rabbit, I don't know if it's the goat chewing on the piece of dynamite, but there's just something about that that just brings me so much joy. And I scream and I yell and I chant and by the end of the ride, Every single person on the train with me is either laughing at me or laughing with me. And to be honest, I don't care because I'm having so much fun. And then I get off the ride, my voice sounding very similar to how it sounds this morning. 
and it's over. All the joy that I experienced in that moment, really the happiness, the gladness that I experienced has left and passed and leaves me longing to experience it again the next time I get on Big Thunder Mountain. You see, I think far too often that we confuse the joy that Christ brings with the happiness that we experience this side of heaven. You see, at any moment, Disneyland can decide to do something different with that ride. They can choose to knock it down. They can choose to rebrand it. They can choose to change it. They can do whatever they want. And with that decision, it's gone and out of my life forever. And all the happiness and all the gladness that it's brought me is gone for me to never experience again. But true joy... The joy that Jesus brings is so much greater. The joy that we find in Jesus, the joy that arrives in Jesus is so much greater. So then the question we should be asking ourselves is, what is Jesus's joy? And the passage that we looked at this morning, I feel describes it to us in three ways. I'll I'll, I'll read a portion of it just to, to put it back on your minds again as, as we talk about it. In Luke 2, 10 through 11, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The first thing that I want us to know about the joy that Jesus brings, the joy that arrives with Jesus is this. Jesus' joy is good news. The angel's proclamation to the shepherds reveals that, that reveals to us that joy is directly connected. Joy is directly connected to the good news of Christ's birth. Christ's joy is not merely a fleeting emotion. It is a deep response to the realization of God's redemptive plan. The salvation that we receive from Jesus. The good news or the gospel that Christ came and that he is coming again is the only source of true joy. You see, if what you think to be joy is attached to a person or a thing that is temporal, well, it it is temporary, It, it will pass, very much like my experience on Big Thunder Mountain. The item will break, the thing will become outdated, it will become obsolete, it will wear out, If it's a person, that person will let you down. They will disappoint you. They will hurt you. They will leave you. But true joy, the joy that Christ brings, is not rooted or connected in anything other than him. The true joy that Christ brings is only rooted in himself. His birth is the gift of joy that our souls long for. In Psalm 35, King David declares, Then my soul will rejoice in the Lord, exulting in his salvation. All my bones shall say, O Lord, who is like you? Secondly, Jesus' joy is a communal experience. We see that the joy is good, excuse me, that is good news For all the people, it says there, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Notice how the angel says, for 
all the people, for all people, for, well, everyone. The, the joy that Christ brings is for everyone, which is simply, there's, there's a few ways to take that. And, and what I'm trying to say this morning is that, that Christ's joy is not intended to be individualistic. Christ's joy is not intended to be consumed on our own, but rather Christ's joy is to be experienced in community. It is a shared experience that binds us together. Having heard the good news of the gospel, it connects us as we share in the experience of the joy this side of the kingdom. And it binds us, his church, as we collectively long to experience the fullness of his joy for all eternity. Now, in an age when it's so easy to curate our lives and our preferences around a screen, around a tribe, the need to be with people who are different from us, the need to be with people that have a different perspective, the, different, the need to be with people that maybe have a different upbringing with us may seem inefficient. It may seem burdensome. It may even seem ar- ar- archaic with the technology that we have available to us. But the ability to look one another in the eye, to hear each other's stories like we did this morning, that type of interaction, that type of community is essential for our joy in Christ. Our physical presence to one another allows us to bring an encouraging word. Proximity allows us to wrap our arms around a brother or a sister who are struggling. I don't think it's coincidence that with the increased use of our devices for social interactions, for relationships, for streaming, for entertainment, for online play, for networking, the feeling of loneliness has, is statistically higher than it has ever been throughout human history. So high now that, that governments all over the globe are taking notice and recognizing the loneliness that exists in our world as, as an epidemic that needs to be addressed and that, that where action needs to be taken. So friends, this is the point that I'm trying to make, that if you and I are going to experience the joyness that only arrives in the person of Christ, we have to experience it together. In 2 John, he writes, though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. He would rather not use the tools that were available, the devices that were available to him at his time to communicate. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. And lastly, Jesus' joy is a result of God's presence. We, we see joy as a direct result of being in the presence of God. The shepherds would find joy in literally encountering the person of Jesus by literally seeing the Savior face to face, sitting in a manger. Joy arrives in the physical presence of Jesus. So if our lives feel lacking, if we cannot see it in one another, my question for us is, have we been in his presence? Have we become so distracted by our current circumstances that we have lost sight of the source of our joy. And I'm primarily speaking to myself. Actually, this entire thing, I, I'm preaching to myself and my wife this morning. 
that when you look at the dumpster fire of the last two weeks of my life, it's easy to ask the question, God, where are you? Jesus, where is your joy? Where is my holiday cheer? When I should really be asking, I should be begging, God, bring me like the shepherds into your presence. Let me please allow me to experience the hope, the peace, the joy that only you can bring. David again in the Psalm says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures for me evermore. Joy, although closely related to gladness and happiness, they are often a feeling, the result of something. But joy, joy is a state of being. Joy, joy is, is a, a choice and we have to remember that. We have to choose joy. And the only way to experience joy is to choose Jesus. And when we learn to make our default choice Jesus, we learn to live in our current circumstances, we learn to find God, we learn to find joy in the midst of them, no matter how chaotic, no matter how frantic they may be or appear. The Apostle Paul describes his own life in 2 Corinthians as this, as being full of sorrow, but always rejoicing. Because when we believe Jesus' love for us would lead him to the death on the cross and the same love would overcome death that we may not experience the death our sin deserves, joy becomes reasonable in the midst of whatever circumstances we may find ourselves in. We have to learn to choose joy. It must become our, our, our gut reaction to choose joy. But I, want, but I want to say this, that the lack of joy does not mean you're a bad Christian. The lack of joy does not mean you're doing it wrong. The lack of joy does not mean you're far from Jesus. The lack of joy does not mean that he has abandoned you because if we look at the life of Jesus throughout the New Testament, specifically in the Gospels, we see Jesus experience firsthand the gamut of emotions that you and I experience this side of heaven. We see Jesus experience grief. We see Jesus experience pain, anger, frustration, mourning. Being fully God being the, the, the vessel that brings joy for all of creation. Jesus himself experienced every emotion that feels far from joy. But what those, what those moments do is they remind us, they point us to where the only source of true joy comes from. And that, again, that source of joy is only available in and arrives in the person of Jesus. I felt that just needed to be said if there was anyone in the room that, that is struggling with any of those things. If that is you, that's okay. Christ is still near. There is still opportunity. There is still margin, room to cry out to him, to cry out for his joy. Now, this could be a great place to stop, but we still got a little bit more time. And so there's one more thing that, that I like to 
put on your radar before we end our time this morning. And it's this. The reason that you and I are left to be like Paul, right? Full of sorrow, yet always rejoicing. The reason we are left to find ourselves in whatever circumstances that life may bring, clinging to, fighting for whatever joy that we might find in Jesus is this. Friends, there is an entire world around us experiencing the very same circumstances that you are. This entire world around us experiencing the very same circumstances that we find ourselves in. The difference is this though, is that in the midst of my life, in the midst of our lives, if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, we can cry out and we can have hope and we can trust that there is joy to be had in Jesus, this side of heaven, and that there is joy to be had in Jesus for all of eternity. But for the rest of the world, there is nowhere for a joy like that to be found. And so Jesus, when we say yes to him, when we recognize our need for him, when we recognize our need for him, for his joy in our life, for his peace, for his hope, for his love. What he does is he doesn't just reveal it to us and make it available to us, but then he also sends us right back into the world we came out of as ambassadors of the very same hope, joy, and peace that only he can bring. And our ability to stand shoulder to shoulder with the people that God has placed in our circles allows us to show them the kindness that only Jesus can show. It allows us to stand in humble solidarity with our neighbor, with our coworkers, with our friends, with our loved ones, and to say, yeah, me too. This is hard. Life is hard. Having kids is hard. Losing a loved one is hard. The holidays are hard. I get it. But can I tell you where I find my joy? Can I tell you what, what makes this possible for me? Can I tell you how I get through seasons like this? And it gives us an opportunity to display the, the radical kindness and love and generosity that can only be found in our Lord Jesus. So if that's you this morning. Perhaps a family member has invited you. Perhaps you're just in it. You're in the dumps. You looked online, you found this church, you roamed in, you got the free packet, you're gonna go get your rosemary caramel latte at the well when we're done with the service. But if you're here this morning because you're in a place like that, I want to tell you that there is hope there is peace and there is joy to be found in Jesus. We get to experience that in the good news of his gospel, that that is available to you. We get to experience that in a community like this where we can journey through life together, share each other's burdens, lift each other up, pray for one another. And we get to do it in his presence, knowing that he is near and the same promises that he made to us however many years ago that when you said yes to him are available to you today. 
And if you've never said yes to them, they are available to you this morning. And for the rest of you, this is the, this is the gift that Jesus is this season. That we get to take who he is. We get to take what he has done in our lives. We get to take what he's seen him do in the lives of, of friends and family members and loved ones. And we get to put that on display and we get to reveal him to a world that is dark and broken and hopeless and sad that needs to hear the good news of Jesus. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, we are grateful that in the midst of the chaos in our own lives and the world around us, that there is joy to be had in you. We pray, Lord, that if it feels far from us this morning, Lord, that you would draw near, that we would draw near to you, and that your presence would remind us of the joy that arrives in you. May we be a community that comes alongside one another lifts each other up, bears each other's burdens, and that brings joy into the lives of one another. And that we would know that this is only possible because of the good news that you arrived, the good news that you came, the good news that you restored. And that's your gospel. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for meeting us where we are, Thank you for desiring to meet with us over and over again to consistently give us your joy. So may we experience the fullness of it, if not this morning, but the rest of this week, the rest of this season. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.